Welcome to Episode 7 of the Champs and Chums Podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father, son, fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on Episode 7, has virus talk got you defeated? We'll lift your spirits with winning sports stories spreading goodwill around the world. Are you ready to kick some grass? We'll lace up our boots and hit the field for fun footy talk with a special guest insider and a longtime chum. Who are the greatest pro wrestlers of all time? Grab your popcorn, mind the kabuki dust as father, son, and chums come off the top rope. And we'll head for home on episode 7 with our special segments All Pro Go, a Did You Know Sports Spotlight and Champs and Chums personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on Episode 7 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening! Welcome back to Champs and Chums, Episode 7. So glad you're with us. Ashton, um, boy oh boy, it's been quite a busy month. Of course, Episode 6 was done in February, and it just seems like so much has changed since our last podcast. Um, Why don't you talk a little bit about uh, March for you? How's things been going? Uh, Of course, health and safety is on the minds of many. Uh, for sure. So we hope all the listeners at home and their families and friends are doing really well. But Ashton, why don't you talk a little bit about uh, what March has been for you? Well, um, on March 12th, I went to the Raptors 905 game. I think it was March 11th. That's, that's actually probably yeah, a typo on dad, Dad's end, but my, my apologies. Yeah, so let's talk about your experiences with when you, 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 you came on to the news, right, of the coronavirus, when things really started to erupt. March 11th, was it? Where were we? Tell the listeners at home a bit about what happened and, and such. So we were at the Paramount Fine Food Center, and um, when when it was the end of the game, we went to our car, um, and we... We're going back home, and um, we listened to the news, and it said the NBA is closed, and and um, and it's going to be closed for the rest of the season. Yeah, it was such a um, you know, I mean, crazy is the word that I kind of think about what's happened over the last couple weeks. Um, you know, um, just thinking about even the numbers of confirmed cases, it's not just Canada it's all over the world 645,000 people uh, you know have confirmed cases right now uh, and we do hope everyone gets healthy Um, this is an unprecedented situation uh, Ashton for sure and how do you feel about it being like a a seven-year-old and you know obviously uh, you mom and me we've seen the news we've heard the news we've read some of the news Uh, how you feeling about it well, um, something like this has never happened in my life before, so, um, I know in 2003 my dad told me there was SARS, like, yeah, 
And in fact, uh, I was working. I went. Uh, I was working at Tennis Canada at the time as director of communications, and we had to deal with that situation. But yeah, two thousand and three, seventeen years ago. And uh, when I was born, um, I uh, never had something like this happen to me. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, we do hope. Uh, as they always say, uh, we hope we can plank the curve, flatten the curve. Uh, it's important that everybody, uh, uh, you know, physical distance, social distancing. Um, but um, you know what? The spring, uh, it's a, is, is, sprung, is sprung. And uh, always believe when spring happens, there's always this uh, great hope for optimism, hope, belief, positivity. And, you know, ironically, Ashton, before all of this news hit, you and I were talking about what can we do if we actually brought this broadcast to our listeners a little differently? Obviously, shout out to all the good friends and folks at the city of Brampton. We uh, recorded uh, our first six, epi- our first five episodes at the, uh, at the uh, Chinkuzi Library. Uh, here we are now, though, in something new, in a world where they talk about physical distancing, connection, and talking with family and friends and talking with our great listeners is happening right before our, our ears and our eyes. So tell the tell the, the listeners at home a little bit about Studio 32 here in Brampton. Well, um, we set up the microphones and the microphone holders and we put some stuff over there and we got our Zoom recorder and we got our, I think it's a headphone plug in yeah i'm hearing you you're hearing me the listeners are hearing us and uh, we're so pleased to uh debut this studio 32 uh here in brampton a, a pop-up uh, thing that we can do and uh you know we talked a, a lot about um how important for it is even though uh there's the uh, mandate right now during this uh, virus that uh um you need to be physically distant and and but you you got to be socially connected and so this is kind of the perfect segue because uh on the line our very first guest our very first call-in guest ash and technology knows no bounds here on champs and chums we've spared no expense and uh want to bring on to uh this great conversation that we're having father-son uh, conversation with another father-son duo so pleased to uh, be joined on the phone by a longtime chum, uh, Mike and his son, Grayson. Guys, thanks so much for joining. I think technology is working. Uh, can you hear us okay? Yeah, we can. We can hear you just fine. Thank you very much for having us on the uh, Champs and Chumps broad- podcast. Really excited to be here. Uh, hi, Ashton. Hi, Anthony. Oh, hey, guys. Ashton, why say hello there to Uncle Mike and Grayson? Hi. Hi. All right. Well, hey, guys. Um, you know what? I was just doing a little bit of math uh, and to this whole point about here we are. We're living this uh, this uh, unprecedented situation and uh, connection so important. And it's so great to have you guys on uh, the show, um, friends of the show, I might say. And the math is I think we're 88 kilometers away from each other. But yeah. uh, yeah, I think that's about right, right? Holes you won. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, which you know, for, for some people that might seem like a huge distance, but uh, it's it's really not. You know, and when your childhood friends, I think I think sometimes you get moved away from your small little uh, center of where you grew up. But eighty-eight kilometers is not that far. It's a it's a manageable distance to go see one of your chums. 
Absolutely, and I tell you something too. This is a long-time chum. We span four, over four decades. The eighty-eight kilometers. I think, geez, uh, Mike, it used to be. Oh man, like eighty-eight feet. Eighty-eight feet. I think it was eighty-eight feet. You used to take the 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 skateboard back and forth. You used to come by and play hockey. I mean, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I've known this uh, great long-time chum since nineteen seventy-seven. I believe. Uh, Mike is the year, right? We started kindergarten together. That is correct. Yes. Uh, yeah, we became great friends. Uh, you know, on the hills, uh, trading cards, playing with stompers. Uh, yeah, we had a great time in kindergarten uh, every year since. That's great. Well, you know what? And so, spanning four decades, here we are. And uh, thank you both. And Grayson, how 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 are you doing? Let's let's have a little conversation with both of you just before we get into our segment father son free for all uh round one but grayson let's hear from you in terms of uh uh the uh the virus that so many people are talking about um how is it how does it um look like and and uh, from a from a perspective of a teenager um it's difficult um i would like to be at school rather than at home uh i miss my friends a lot actually um Want to play soccer, want to play hockey. I uh, had a hockey tournament that was canceled due to the coronavirus. So, yeah. Yeah, there's no question about that. And uh, and uh, Ashton, you have you have uh, a couple questions for Grayson as well, too. Did you want to ask him some questions, too, just before we get going on Father-Son, this special edition of Father-Son Free-For-All? questions okay all right well i know those some will come to you as we keep going so all right everybody we're going to get into a special edition with uh uh father and son holsworth on uh, one end of the 905 and father and son alfred on on the other end of the 905 it is father son free for all round one we're going to talk a bit about um you know there's been so much um news about the virus and uh i think it's actually left everybody feeling a bit defeated so um the father and son duo here on episode seven is wanting to make sure that we're only spreading sports goodwill so there's been some tremendous stories of uh goodwill that's been happening in sports and um we've done it in typical champs and chums form on both sides of the 905 so uh, Anthony and Ashton have their bronze, silver, and gold. And then we have on the other end of the 905 and lovely Binbrook, we have uh, uh, Mike and Regan, and they're going to share their uh, bronze, silver, and gold. So Ashton, why don't you take it away first with our bronze medal for sports goodwill during this time of the virus? My first, my bronze is Mark Cuban. Absolutely. Mark Cuban, uh, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, Ashton, uh, what, what makes his story on what he's done very special during the virus? Um, he, he helped employees at, um, to get a job, is it? Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, here's a man that's uh uh 
a billionaire. In fact, uh, Forbes just uh, rated his uh, net worth at $4.3 billion. But you know, um, I believe it was Arthur Ashe, a, a tennis legend, that said, from what we get, we make a living, but what we give makes a life. And so here's a representation of a, of a man that's done obviously incredibly well for himself. Um, a thought leader has tried a lot of things out of the box. But when that um, March 11th, Ashton, that you talked about uh, happened, uh, Mark Cuban was one of the first sports business leaders that came out and said, you know what, we want to help the people that are going through a tough time right now. So these are the uh, workers that work on event night and, uh, and such. So uh, he's been quite proactive and making sure and him and the Dallas Mavericks family that um, they've done. So that's our bronze medal um, for sports goodwill. It is Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks over to the other end of the 905. Mike and Regan, what's your bronze medal? Okay. So for our bronze medal, we have uh, Gary Neville. Now, Gary Neville is a pundit and former Manchester United right back and England international player. Uh, what Gary Neville did is he donated his hotels to the National Health Service in English, England. So that's allowing doctors and healthcare professionals the ability to stay in the hotels so they can protect their own families from COVID-19. Um, and during this time, he has also pledged to protect the income for all his hotel staff. Uh, during that pandemic so that's our bronze medal oh that's amazing a, a, a legend in so many ways gary neville and um you know uh you're, you're so right there mike uh there's there's so many people that are are being everybody's being impacted by this but when you know uh people that are going through an extra hard time notwithstanding this virus it um it's 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 amazing what someone like uh, uh gary's done Excellent. Okay, well, we're going to move on to our silver medal, Ashton, for spreading sports goodwill. Who's our silver medalist? Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, why would Zach Hyman be a silver medalist? Because he played video games with his fans. You know, that's right. What a, what a nice father-son thing to do. I don't know if he's a dad himself right now, but... You know, um, Zach Hyman of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who was having an incredible season, 51 games, 21 goals, 16 assists for 37 points, um, one of the hardest working members of the Toronto Maple Leafs has, uh, you know, he's um, been able to connect with his fans. So, uh, Ashton, what do you think about that? A, a young player from the Toronto Maple Leafs connecting with his fans, our silver medalist for spreading sports goodwill. Well, I mean, I think... Uh he um he um has has a good good um love in his fans and um his his uh, arena and well no doubt and can you imagine being challenged that you can actually play a video game live and online call it uh NHL 20 Fortnite Call of Duty you name it with the Zach Hyman of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's pretty cool, but it's pretty fun. And in fact, uh, uh, Zach and uh, uh, Willie, we Willie Nylander, your Toronto Maple Leafs, are actually uh, this afternoon taking part in a big charity event. It's called Stream Aid 2020. 
and uh, so the the Leafs will be represented by Zach, and it's all a fundraiser to raise uh, money for the World Health Organization. It's a solidarity response fund. So good on Zach Hyman, great Toronto boy. Uh, geez, the guy's written books. Uh, he's been a great hockey player, and now he's doing an incredibly amazing thing in this time of physical distancing and social distancing, all for a good cause. Good on you, Zach. All right, back to the 905 other uh, end of the 905, we are going to turn it over to uh, Mike and Grayson. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, this is for my silver. Uh, he's an AC Milan striker and an all-time great. Uh, what he did is he launched the Kick the Virus Away Fund, designed to support hospitals in Italy. He donated over 100,000 euros to the fund. He is quoted as saying, together we can really help hospitals and the doctors and nurses who selflessly work every day to save our lives. Oh, Grayson, what what, what a great selection. Uh, silver medalist from uh, Team Holsey is Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Did I pronounce that right there, Grayson? Uh, Mike? Uh, I believe you did, yeah. All right, well, you know what? What a great point, too. I mean, uh, all the frontline workers uh, that are helping um, that are putting, you know, their lives on the line, you know, as they try to, uh, save lives. It's, it's pretty, pretty special and pretty amazing that a legend like that. Now tell me a little bit about Ibrahimovic's game, because, uh, we talked about obviously his off the field help here during this, uh, global pandemic, but, uh, on the field, uh, Grayson and Mike, how's he, uh, how's this guy? He's a legend, isn't he? Uh, he's a definite legend. Um, I've watched him. I went to England watched him play live um absolutely phenomenal um he is my favorite soccer player that is currently playing he has over 500 goals which i think uh ronaldo and messi are the only other two current players to have 500 plus goals um his amazing goal that he scored against tfc uh i think it was last season um absolutely beautiful i keep watching that on youtube over and over again oh i do remember that one it was almost like that was it like a flick or something like that yeah it was sort of like a uh, roundhouse kick but then instead of it being someone i was just gonna say i think your dad had 450 uh over the years that we've played together goals yeah 453 Four, I, I'm sorry, I, I cheated you on the three calls there. 452 were in my own net. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, well, thanks, guys. We'll take it back to this other end of the 905. Father, son, free-for-all, round one. Ashton, who is our gold medalist for spreading sports goodwill? Can, Canadian Olympic Committee. Absolutely. And uh, boy, oh, boy, um, there's a lot of pressures on, on sports organizations and events. We've seen, of course, uh, many that have had to, uh, you know, shut down um, because of this. Um, but the toughest one of them all, I'm sure, was the decision on the Olympics. But um, I was really impressed, Ashton, and uh, our chums on the line, that the Canadian Olympic Committee got ahead of this. They were the first country that said, you know what, um, we're not going to... Um, endanger uh our athletes we know that they've spent lots of times we've talked about it here on champs and chums putting in the work 
all of those athletes that would have been uh, the Canadian contingent, uh, I'm sure, are very disappointed. But having said that, uh, kudos to David Shoemaker and the rest of the leadership team uh, for making a, a very important uh, decision that um, puts the athletes first. So our gold medal for spreading goodwill uh, during this time of the virus is the Canadian Olympic Committee. Okay, we're going to go over to the other end of the 905 for your gold medal, guys. So our gold medal is the uh, Major League Baseball's Player Association. So the Players Association has donated over $1 million to the charitable organizations Feeding Americans and the Meals on Wheels America. Uh, both these organizations are fantastic. And uh, maybe some of the listeners don't know, but in the U.S., 11 million children and 4 million seniors face hunger challenges each day. And that's the same in Canada here, uh, just uh, not at that same proportion. But many children get their only meal each day from school. And so with the schools being closed, the MLB Players Association recognized the need to support those charitable organizations, uh, which support the most vulnerable members of our society. Uh, I think they really stepped up to the plate here to support the children and the seniors with their donation. And a lot of the other uh, individual clubs are following suit as well to make sure children and the seniors as well at least have one good meal a day. Oh, what a great gold medal. Uh, kudos to you guys. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to see uh, the, the athletes um, rallying around. And as you mentioned, we've talked about it here on Champs and Chums, um, how important it is to, uh, to give kids a great start. And uh, we all know uh, that um, not everybody starts uh, at the start line the same way. Um, but kudos to the uh, Major League Baseball players for, for uh, stepping up to the plate, no pun intended. Okay, uh, excellent, guys. Ashton, Mike, and Grayson, great job. We're going to now move on to father-son free-for-all round two. And uh, I am so uh, blessed because um, I think as we talked about a little bit earlier on uh, the show, uh, we have someone who I've played soccer with for, like, years. And, Ashton, you played soccer as well, too. So I think we can say all of us uh, um, played um, uh, soccer for sure. Why don't you tell... Um, uh, Mike and Grayson, about your experiences playing for Brampton U Soccer Club when you were four, I think it was, right? Wait, Brampton U? Brampton North Soccer Club, sorry? I don't sorry? remember that. Were you coaching? or? That's right. How can you forget that your dad was coaching that team? Tell tell, tell uh, Uncle Mike and Grayson and the listeners at home a little bit about that experience. So, um... We um basically did a lot of skills and drills, and I think sometimes we played games, like real soccer games, right? That's right. That's when Dad was in better shape. Um, and uh, we we uh, so we did uh, we did basically like um. I think we had to have knee pads. We had to have, like... Yeah, shin pads and yeah. soccer boots and stuff like that. So it's kind of a nice little backdrop for us to get into this uh, this uh, father-son free-for-all round two. And we've got our uh, footy insiders on the, uh, on the other end of the line. But wanted to 
think about it more from a father-son perspective. And, uh, you know, uh, my special guest and longtime chum, I mean, boy, oh boy, like childhood memories, eh, Mike, of uh, playing. Why don't you tell the listeners at home some of the uh, early days of Maple Leaf, and then we moved on to tournaments and such, and then Wexford as well, under 19? Yeah, uh, so for us, we started Maple Leaf Soccer, uh, which was uh, in Scarborough and uh, where we grew up. And it, it was a, you know, a grassroots club that was uh, run by parent volunteers, much like many clubs are today. Um, within the club itself, though, we had a, a national champion. Um, uh, so that was kind of nice. And we had a lot of good players. I think for us, Anthony, as, as just soccer players, where it changes, we, we were playing together. And um, uh, I think we created an all-star team from uh, our age group in the club. And that went to a tournament where we beat the Ontario Cup champions at the time. And I want to say it was in Peterborough, but my memory is, you know, a little faded. You, at my you, you got it, my friend. It was Peterborough, yep. Okay, and we beat the Ontario Cup champions in the semifinals. I remember playing the field was huge, and I, I think we were probably under 12 or something at the time, and that's when it sort of took off for us. We realized, that, listen, we have some good players in the club at our age group, and we could make a go at uh, something really special and fun. For sure, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm also thinking about not just even the club level, but you and I obviously going through junior school, grade school, high school together, and... Uh, um, we had some tremendous uh, teams. Like I'm thinking of that grade eight team and Charles Gordon, that, that team and that was a great 10 or 11 and Churchill, some incredible players. Yeah. Like when we look back at it, we played with some uh, professional players. So not at the time, obviously, but they became professional. Um, some people who would have been professional if they weren't uh, injured, um, you know, um, so we, we played with some, and, and of course, maybe some famous people. We did play against Dwayne Di Rosario. Uh, he was, uh, I believe, two years younger than us. Was a fantastic talent. He was playing up uh, in two age groups at the time. Uh, but certainly we played with Fernando Aguilar. Uh, we played for Benfica. Um, Lucas Papa Constantino played on the national team, too, our, our goaltender. Yeah. It, it just... We, Great teams we played with, some great athletes, and you know what, Anthony, good people, right? Because I think a lot of parents out there, for the uh, parents who are listening, sometimes we forget, like, we can have all the talent, but we need to pair that with work ethic, and we need to pair that with discipline and also just good foundational values. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you go off on the side and get into trouble, you're not going to be a professional player. Uh, if you get injured, you're not going to be a professional player. If you if you don't work hard at it, you're not going to be a professional player. So there's a lot of things that go into just uh, being the best that, that you can be uh, within soccer and within many things in life. So that's uh, great points there. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, sports is such a, a great platform by which not only to, uh, you know, uh, develop uh, great in yourself on the field on the court gridiron on the pitch what have you but um it's got some tremendous uh um life ability to it right in terms of discipline hard work um fun um and um motivating yourself to to get better and having the right people around you as you said uh Mike, um, and you know, uh, just for the listeners at home, you're listening to episode seven of the Champs and Chums podcast. It's Anthony and Ashton. Um, 
Grayson, I want to bring you into the conversation too, because you know your dad's uh, been a longtime footy fan. What kind of impact has he had on you in terms of picking up the game? And you know, I I didn't mention it, but I should. I mean, your dad's an accredited accredited coach, right? I mean, what does it mean to you to have your dad involved, and how did he help you along in the way in this great game we call soccer? Um, I like one of my uh, first years playing soccer. I had him as a coach. And the one game that I remember, I forget if we won or if we lost, but it was pouring rain and we still played. That, that was one of my best moments of having him as a coach. And, and why? Did I keep you dry? You kept me dry. <laughs> the card. Oh. That's a good that was, dad. Yeah. Yeah. But then, like, it started for me, basically, I played defense for a good five, six years, and then my coach asked me, what position do you want to play? I'm like, oh, okay, I'll go forward. And then I become, like, my my kick becomes very strong. And I've had it before. Last summer I was playing Reach Force Soccer, and the other team's goalie was somewhat scared of my shot because I've hit his hand, and it was probably about five centimeters from the post. And then basically I, I took a simulator – type testing and I went I think it was 45 miles an hour which I did the conversion which is about 70 to 75 kilometers an hour oh my goodness Gray you're not only breaking records you're breaking machines it sounds like wow wow. that's incredible I almost broke it oh wow (laughs) now what does it mean to have your dad um involved with you and help coaching you and mentoring you what does it mean to you as uh as son that your dad's uh, spending all this important and valuable time with you um so he has taught me a lot of things in soccer um he's basically taught me how to dribble and shoot from the start that's basically what he's done he's taught me some geeks and stuff like that that i don't even know the name of but I kind of am starting to do because I'm feeling more comfortable with uh, how I shoot and how I uh, pass the ball. Well, I can tell you, your dad was one of the best north-south players I, I've ever seen. When he played defense, he played that sweeper position. Nothing was getting by him. He would drive the ball up the field. Uh, I think he actually called me more uh, – uh, east-west sometimes <laughs> the denny savard uh, move you remember mike i uh, used to do that on the field yes I, I remember that i remember so we were a good compliment so for the listeners anthony played uh center midfield typically and he was an engine never getting tired out there always winning the ball and distributing it uh, excellently to all the strikers uh, but Anthony liked to go east-west. I never went east-west. I was north-south. So from uh, a pairing point of view, we worked really well together. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, I know uh, my chum here, Ashton, has got a question for, for you guys. Uh, something about a favorite player. Ashton, fire away. What is the state of soccer in Canada? Oh, he went to the big <laughs> the big bucket one already, guys. He wants to know. So why don't you say that question again? for all the listeners at home and for Uncle Mike and Grayson to hear so they can uh, take in your good questions. So why don't you ask him again? What is the state of soccer in Canada? Well, that is a big question, Ashton. Um, 
so we have both the men's game and the women's game. And I think, so maybe for the women's game, they've qualified for Tokyo 2020, which will now be in 2021. Um, they're a very successful uh, program. They're one of five uh, uh, countries to make the last three Olympics. Uh, so they're in, they're considered to be one of the top countries in the world. I think, though, for Canada, the women's program, um, I think they're in a transition period. And certainly with the Olympics being delayed, that's not that's going to impact the results. Um, Christine Sinclair is arguably the greatest Canadian soccer player of all time. Um, and she certainly is the greatest female soccer player of all time. Um, but we have some young upcoming people in the women's program, Kadisha Buchanan and Jordan. Bram Brampton Hickey. girl, actually, too, Mikey. Yeah. Yeah, and they're young. They're fantastic. I think there's a lot of potential for them. I think as a program for the women, uh, I think we're lacking some uh, pace in the midfield and um, I think maybe a little bit of size as well. But, uh, you know, hopefully they have a successful Olympics. Do you have any thoughts, Grayson, on the uh, women's game? Um, I don't really watch soccer on the TV, so I don't really know, but I'm just going to agree with you that, uh, yeah. Okay, and, and so for the men's, I think we're in good shape, but we're, we're in a period of time where it's uh, the hex is going on. And it's basically the top six teams in CONCACAF will go on um, uh, advance through to the World Cup qualifying. And Canada sits outside of that right now. And so they have to make, it's a new structure. They have to make up points through friendlies. And not being able to schedule friendlies right now certainly impacts them. And they might have to go into um, uh, the actual formal competition of CONCACAF to get one spot with uh, 29 other teams competing for that one spot. And it's not looking good for Canada for uh, um, the World Cup uh, in 2022. Uh, I would say, though, they got great young players in uh, Jonathan Davies, David uh, Alfonso Davies, and I, I love Richie Larea at uh, right back or right midfield. Jonathan Osorio is great as well. Uh, I think we're weak at goalkeeping in, uh, for Canada and a little bit on defense, but I think there's a lot of uh, building blocks there for John Herdman and the men's program to have a successful um, World Cup in, I think, 2026. I think that would be the target for them to peak at. Great insights. Uh, you're listening to Episode 7 of the Champs and Chums podcast. It's Anthony Nashen joined by our special chums, special guests on the phone, uh, Mike and Grayson. Um, you know, you mentioned uh, the, the, the women's uh, uh, program and uh, how successful they've been. Um, you know, and you mentioned John Herdman, uh, Mike and Grayson. Um, uh, is, is he going to be the guy that's going to take the, the, the men's program forward? You mentioned some of those young players. No doubt that, uh, you know, you hear in sports all the time, uh, you know, um, uh, grow and develop uh, talent but uh, from a coaching perspective I mean does Herdman have the right tools to uh, to take the men's program to a place they've never been before well I think uh, I would say yes I think the for the history of Canadian soccer is we uh, we like to bring in a European coach 
uh, we give him a year or two, and then he's gone. There's a lot, and in some cases, we play very defensively. I think what happens with the Canada now is we're trying to possess the ball and we're trying to attack. And you're going to develop players if you allow them to actually play soccer. In a one-game uh, situation, you can play a, uh, a two holding midfielders, and you can sit back and try to try to uh, play a counterattack game and maybe get a one nothing uh, result. But that doesn't build really any team cohesiveness. I think you have to attack, you have to possess the ball, and that's sort of uh, the age we live in uh, um, now. Um, so I would say with John Herman, we have to give him time. We have to allow him to develop players, develop the program, and develop the confidence in the system. And that doesn't happen in a year or two. So I think hopefully he will be the, the person to take the team forward uh, through this coming World Cup and the following one as well. That's great. And uh, Ashton, you have another question for our chums on, on the phone. What's that second question there? Can you say it? Go ahead, Ashton. No, can you say it? Okay, all right, we're trading on the fly here, just like the good teams do, bringing the ball up the field. So um, I, I'm going to ask this question about coaching, right, and uh, the power of mentorship and what that can do. And, Mike, I know you've taken an active role in both your uh, your kids' uh, soccer and, and, and your coaching now. I think it's the, the, Glen, the Glenbrook's team. That's Regan's team, right? That is correct, yes. So talk a little bit about the power of mentorship and how you approach things with um, – you know, they're young kids, right? And uh, they're growing, they're developing, not only on the field, but off the field. How do you approach that from a coaching perspective? So I, I, I've coached uh, Regan for, I think, five years now, and Grayson, I've coached a few years. I Boys and girls are a little different uh, in how you uh, go through coaching and how you communicate with them. I would say from a mentorship point of view, it's managing the kids, but also managing the parents' expectations. And the parents play a big role in this. In uh, Southern Ontario, we have a lot of different programs and a lot of different competition for the dollars. And we want to, for my philosophy, is we want to build uh, good people. That's first. Uh, second is the soccer. The soccer falls behind. But there are programs to put the soccer first. Uh, for us, we want to keep things affordable for the parents and, but, and keep the cost around $500 to $600. But we know there's programs that charge five to $6,000. Uh, so there's a great deal of um, uh, disparity between different types of programs. For us, building uh, good people is foundational. We do team building drills. We want them to be good stewards. We address language issues on the team. Uh, we want them to shake hands after the game, before the game, uh, be respectful to the coaches and the refs and the other team. All these things um, uh, are life skills that will leave with them when soccer starts, whenever it does in their life. So I think for me, those are the critical components of being a good coach. Um, the soccer is secondary. Great, great words, you know, uh, certainly in terms of uh, development and and I heard life skills and that, that's so important. Uh, well, we're going to uh, shortly uh, tie uh, uh, our laces up on this segment, but I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask the both of you on the father-son experience you had. I think Gray was talking a little bit about it just at the outset of our, our good chat here on Episode 7 of Champs and Chums. But um, why don't you share with the listeners at home 
that um, that uh, global experience of going to Old Trafford and experiencing the old game that way. Why don't you tell the listeners at home about that experience? Well, I'll, I'll lead off with that. We uh, we, we traveled uh, to Manchester, and so um, we got into Manchester around three o'clock in the afternoon on a uh, Thursday. We checked into the hotel and immediately left with a bunch of Ajax supporters to head to Old Trafford. Now, uh, Manchester United was playing against Ajax, and it was in the uh, uh, UEFA uh, Europa sorry, League Cup game. And it was a Thursday night game at 7 o'clock. They're at 8 o'clock at Old Trafford. And we were dead tired having red-eyed over from uh, Canada here. And uh, we got off the train and we were walking to the stadium in Grace. And what was your experience like seeing that stadium for the first time? Um, I was just, it was so much to embrace. Um, I loved it so much. Like my dad, he's basically given me the passion for Manchester United. Um, me knowing about their, like the best season that they've ever had. I think it was uh, 98 and 99 when they won the treble. Um, I know most of, like, I haven't met them, but I have basically all the players memorized because they're, like, they worked so hard and they got probably the best thing that I, I would very much like to get because it's, it's so much to take in. At, at this stadium, there was a game, and there was probably the best team, was probably one of the best coaches ever, right there in that stadium. Like that's well, certainly we got to we got to see, we did a stadium tour where we got to see the museum aspect and all the trophies uh, um, that was there, which was fantastic. And uh, so not only did we see that one game Thursday, we did a stadium tour, and we also saw a game on uh, Sunday as well there. Um, so we caught two games in a, in a stadium tour. It was absolutely fantastic. I would encourage people to go to Europe and see a football game. It's completely different than the experience in North America here. Um, it's rather, um, it's, very, it's, it's woven into the fabric of the culture uh, in England, uh, much the same as hockey is here in Canada. But the experience was fantastic. We were dead tired, exhausted at the end of that game. Oh, yeah. amazing, yeah. amazing father-son experience. Thanks for sharing that on Champs and Chums. And uh, Ashton, you had a question, I guess, about favorite players for Uncle Mike. Did you want to ask them? Mm. What would their favorite player be? Why don't you ask them that? What's your favorite player? So uh, for me, I would say uh, my favorite player um, of all times is Roy Keane. Currently not playing anymore, but that's who I modeled my game after. He was a north-south player. Uh, for the listeners at home, you can watch videos of him. He doesn't score a lot of goals, but he does a lot of the uh, little things, uh, the, the stuff in the trenches that hopefully makes the team successful. So he's my favorite past player. My favorite current player is probably uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic because he's a fun personality to watch. Grayson, uh, who do you think is uh, who is your favorite player? Um, so of uh, the past that, that doesn't currently play, I would probably have to go with um, either David Beckham or 
Foley, Gunner, and Phillips Skyrim. Um, both fantastic players. Um, but as current, just like my dad, Hassan Ibrahimovic, um, again, when he played for United, um, I, it's just, he was amazing. And I've sort of, like, while I'm playing soccer, I've sort of tried to somewhat repl- replicate some of the uh, skills that he's done while playing. So. Oh, that's amazing, guys, too. Uh, great selections. And so that ends father-son free-for-all round two. Now we're heading for home, boys, so uh, we're going to do this one well because we're coming off the top rope. The uh, topic of the day is uh, wrestling. Now I know you guys. Ashton, you're a wrestling fan. Why don't you talk a little bit about why you love wrestling? Um, because um, I just started watching wrestling, like, um, um, Monday Night Raw and uh, Saturday Night Live, but um, that's what just got me into wrestling. That's amazing. Now, what about our chums on the other end of the phone? Uh, you know, uh, Gray, your, your dad and I uh, go back, like I was saying, four decades, so we've seen uh, some great wrestlers, but what? why don't uh, you, you start to talk about why you love wrestling, uh, Gray? Um, wrestling is sort of sort of has a small fighting aspect. I took uh, karate lessons for a couple of years and I sort of know what I'm doing when it comes to that, but wrestling, it's more exciting to watch because there's things that you don't expect that happen. And then that just, it makes the whole experience amazing. That's great. And let's hear from father on this one here. I know he's a big wrestling fan from the days of like Billy Red Lions. Yeah, you know what? I have a great wrestling story that I'm going to share for my gold medal. But I will say, for me as a fan of wrestling, I think um, sometimes the maybe the content might be a little out there for kids. But going to see a live show, uh, you're getting good value for your dollar. Uh, they put on typically a two-and-a-half to three-and-a-half-hour show, and it's just great experience for the kids to go and watch and have some fun. Um, and the wrestlers are so interactive. They want to, uh, the kids to go home with a fun experience. So I enjoy wrestling for that aspect. That's amazing. Uh, fun entertainment, physical entertainment for sure. Okay, guys, we're going to get in to our gold, silver, and bronze. We'll start with the bronze. We'll start here on the 905. Uh, we are naming our greatest pro wrestlers of all time many favorites but we've narrowed it down to our gold silver and bronze so ashton we're going to start with you here at studio 32 who is your bronze medalist uh that it it looks like here you messed it up oh i i don't think so you're talking about dad script but uh, your bronze let's start with your bronze who's your bronze um i'll just switch it the other way because i did the, sure. It, the other way. So that's what good teams my, do. We'll we'll uh, we'll augment on the fly here. Yep. My um bronze is Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. Wow. Now that that guy actually in in some people's books might be a gold, but so you've got him as a bronze. Why is Brock Brock Lesnar your bronze medalist? Why is he one of your favorites? Well, because he. In the world normal, he almost took out everyone, but I think it's, um, who is it? I think it was, 
I don't know who it was, but um, he he beat him. So, um, unfortunately, he couldn't continue. Yeah, Brock Lesnar, forty-two years old from uh, Webster, South Dakota. I mean, he has had and Gray. You were mentioning it a bit earlier about you know how the the mixed martial arts and such. I mean, Lesnar spent some time there, became a, a champion there, former uh, American football player. Um, and was? yeah, former American football. He was a collegiate standout. So all six foot three, 286 pounds of Brock Lesnar is Ashton's bronze, med bronze medalist. Okay. Uh, Gray, who's your bronze medalist? Um, for my bronze medal, I have John Cena. John um, Cena. By far one of my favorites. Uh, he was, uh, Really, really good at wrestling in my mind. Um, I grew up watching him wrestle, um, and then now he's in the uh, acting career, and uh, he's acted in some pretty phenomenal, phenomenal movies. That's amazing. Uh, Grayson's bronze medalist is John Cena. Okay, over to uh, Father Mike. Uh, who's your bronze medalist for our? Round round three, father son free for all, greatest wrestlers of all time. I'm going to go with uh, Flair, not Rick, but Charlotte. And whoo, the reason why I picked, <laughs> the reason why I picked Charlotte Flair is I think we have to represent the the, the women's wrestling. Uh, I was thinking of Fabulous Mula and her over the decades, but I went with Charlotte Flair because I think when it's all said and done, uh, I believe she's the He's 10-time champion currently. Um, but I think when it's all said and done, just her character and her wrestling ability, she'll go down as one of the greatest of all times. Amazing. So that is my bronze uh, medalist. All right. And, uh, uh, Dad, over here, uh, I will finish off the bronze medalist for greatest wrestlers of all time. It is the Junkyard Dog. That's right, the Junkyard Dog. Uh, inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2004. Uh, uh, just a, a, a tenacious wrestler uh, in the squared circle. I mean, he came in with that uh, trademark dog collar, Ashton. If I could, I got to show you more videos of this guy, but uh, he was a good guy. And, uh, you know, he'd enter the ring, I, I seem to remember, in that famous uh, Queen song, Another One Bites the Dust. So that's my bronze medalist. The Junkyard Dog, real name Sylvester Ritter. Congratulations, you're my bronze medalist. Okay, Ashton, over to you for your silver medalist. My silver medalist is Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Wow. Uh, why is Braun Strowman your uh, silver medalist here in Episode 7? Well, because um, he's a WWE superstar and... um. From my perspective, um, he's one of the greatest wrestlers that I've ever seen on Monday Night Raw and Saturday Night Live. Wow, that's amazing. Braun Strowman, former WWE Intercontinental Champion. Uh, you're right, he's been on a lot of those programs, including SmackDown as well, too. But uh, all six foot eight, 385 pounds of muscle. Braun Strowman is Ashton's silver medalist. Okay, Gray, over to you. Silver medalist, father-son, free-for-all, round three. My silver medalist is The Undertaker. Um, something that I remember about him is uh, 
he uh, won a wrestling match and uh, puts his opponent in a coffin, sealed the coffin up, and then rolled it backstage. That's something I remember, and that's probably one of the, my favorite moments from uh, his uh, wrestling career. Can I that's tell amazing. the listener something? Yeah, go ahead, Ashton. Um, they actually call um, The Undertaker the dead man. Now, is, can you verify that, Grayson? Is that his nickname? Um, I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Great stuff, Ashton. Great insights. Uh, lots of factoids here on Episode 7. Grayson Silver Medalist is The Undertaker. Okay, we're going to go over to uh, Father Mike, who's now going to take us through his Silver Medalist on Greatest Wrestlers of All Time. So my uh, Silver Medalist goes to Brett the Hitman Hart. The best there is, the best there was, <laughs> the best there ever will. Now, Brett is probably, arguably, the greatest technical wrestler, or one of them of all time. His list of accomplishments is just so long. He's had belts in the NWA, WCW, WWE. He's held almost every belt that was in existence, and he's in the Hall of Fame as well. Uh, Canadian boy. Uh, from Alberta, great family. I go with Bret Hart as my silver medalist. Amazing. That is a great selection. Uh, Canada's own Bret Hart. In fact, a little story. Uh, in, fa in fact, uh, at Wonderland one summer, I can't remember if Ashton, you were with us then or it was just uh, your mom and I, but I was standing in line at a water slide at Canada's Wonderland and just two people behind me was Brett the Hitman Hart. What? Yes. That, that is my brush with, uh, with Uncle Mike's silver medalist, Brett the Hitman Hart. Okay, good stuff. Um, now it's time for Dad's silver medalist, and I'm going to keep it in the whole 80s realm. But this guy actually is almost like Madonna, guys, because he is timeless. This man still has got a big brand, my silver medalist on episode seven for greatest pro wrestler of all time, the Iron Sheik. That's right, the Iron Sheik, Sheiky baby, uh, born on March fifteenth, nineteen forty-two. Uh, he was the WW at the time WWF World Heavyweight Champion in nineteen eighty-three, and he also teamed up with Nikolai Volkov. Uh, that f that famous uh, Russian and Iranian duo that won multiple tag team championships. And in fact, they won it at WrestleMania in 2005. So um, my silver medalist, the Sheiky Baby, Iron Sheik. All right, guys, it's now time for the crescendo. We're close to ending this uh, father-son free-for-all round three with our gold medalist. Ashton, take it away. My gold medalist is Ricochet. Ricochet, what an excellent selection. Now, why is Ricochet one of your favorite and now your gold medalist uh, wrestler? Well, um, I, when I see his moves, I'm like, wow, those are really good moves. And um, the most, mostly the the channels that I see, I see him on is um, Monday... Monday Raw or Monday Night Raw? Yeah. And um s s Saturday Night Live. 
That's that's amazing. Well, uh, Ricochet is Ashton's gold medalist, and you know you're right. He's got some quick moves in the in the squared circle. I mean, he's only five nine, 188 pounds, but that man can move. That man can win, and that man is Ashton's gold medalist on father son free for all round three. Uh, Grayson, who's your gold medalist? Uh, my gold medalist is Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, really, he's probably one of the best wrestlers that I know or have seen on TV. And uh, he's sort of, well, he's gone to the acting career, and uh, I enjoy watching Fast and Furious, and I've seen him in a couple of those movies. So. Awesome. The Rock is, Ash, is, is uh, Grayson's uh, gold medalist. Now we're going to turn it over to uh, your dad. Uh, take it away. I can't wait for this one. Uh, Mike, your gold medalist, greatest pro wrestler of all time. So I'm going to go with the gold medals, the cream of the crop, Randy Macho Man Savage, <laughs> and Miss Elizabeth. We'll, we'll put them together. <laughs> and the reason why I picked uh, Randy Macho Man Savage along with Miss Elizabeth as my gold medalist is I had a personal experience with them. I was at Maple Leaf Gardens with my soccer friends, and I believe I might have been 12 or 13 years old at the time. But I remember as the wrestlers were coming out of the entrance, we were sitting above the entrance. And so Randy walks out and Miss Elizabeth was very dutiful following behind. And I reached over as far as I could and I tried to touch Miss Elizabeth's hair, obviously very far away from her. But Randy turned around and pointed at me and gave me the death stare. And I sat back in my chair like a good little fan. And so that is my brush with Randy and Miss Elizabeth, and that is why I picked Randy Marshallman Savage and Miss Elizabeth as my gold medalist. What an incredible story here on Episode 7 of the Champs and Chums, Ashton. Did you hear that story as Uncle Mike walked through it? What do you think about that? Um, I mean, he might have got in trouble, but... <laughs> Did you get in trouble, Uncle Mike, uh, at Maple Leaf well, Gardens? I, I felt like I got in trouble because when you, there's a 260-pound uh, man named Ryan, Randy Macho Man Savage staring at you and pointing at you, uh, you do as you're told. You do what the macho man says for That's sure. Right. <laughs> wow, what an incredible story. Uh, and Geez, I've known you for four decades, and that one is coming out the vault here live on Episode 7. Amazing, amazing. Okay, uh, and now it's time for dads. And this is the biggest of them all. I'm sorry, boys. My gold medalist for greatest pro wrestler of all time, posthumously, posthumously I think is the word, uh, is Andre the Giant. All seven feet four, 520 pounds of the eighth wonder of the world, as they call them, Andre Giant, uh, Andre the Giant. Uh, I watched this guy um, in the squared circle for years. So many, um, so many uh, uh, famous feuds with uh, Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. WrestleMania three is what I'm reminded of in 1987. But uh, this guy was definitely the gentle giant because outside the ring he was a humanitarian. 
and uh, you know he actually actually had some uh, I believe some um, uh, Hollywood uh, uh, screen parts. I think it was the Princess Bride as well too. So um, my gold medalist, a one-time world heavyweight champion, and a and a tag team champion, Andre the Giant. Hey guys, uh, well well done. I can give you all uh, imaginary fist bumps, but um, we fist just bumps. fist bumps all around. Asha, what about a fist bump over there, invisibly for uh, Uncle Mike and Regan? Hey guys, we want to thank you so much uh, for joining us on Father Son uh, Free for All. It's been amazing. Um, Hey, you know what? I just want to end our segment here by, and Ashton, I always ask you this, and we will towards the end of the show, but I wanted to ask uh, Grayson and Regan, what did they learn today here on uh, our, our, our fun segment? We'll start with Grayson. Um, I learned that podcasts can be very fun. Um, you know, with uh, my dad and my sister starting their own podcast um at first i was i'm like no I'm, I'm okay i won't participate but i might have to uh second guess that that's amazing so great that we've converted you gray what about like a, a wrestling round table or something like that eh um you know i there's some things that i didn't know i didn't know uh andre the giant actually acted in uh the princess bride um that's something i learned and uh I'm gonna have to go watch the movie now. Oh, good on you, man! Good on you. And let's <laughs> let's turn it over to uh, to your dear old dad, uh, longtime chum. What did you learn today, uh, Holtz? Well, you know what I, I I learned today that you know podcasts are great for us to connect as friends and uh, as with our family as well. It's something fun to do, um, which is great as well. I mean, providing information uh, to people at home. Um, I, I also learned who your favorite wrestlers were, which I did not know Andre the Giant was your number one uh, choice there, but I think it's a great choice as well, and he was the gentle giant. Oh, that's great. Well, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Did uh, What did you want to say, Ashton, to our friends friends of the show and now chums here on this uh, debut from Studio 32? What did you want to say to uh, Uncle Mike and Regan? Um, what did you want to say to them? Do you want to say, do you want to say, how about a big thanks? Thank you for coming on the show. And what did and it, what did it mean for you to have them on the show today? It felt really good because you, um, they were the first, um, um, people who called in for the Champs and Chumps podcast. Pretty special. Pretty special indeed. Good, good stuff. Ashton, as always, you're going to take us to break on Episode 7. This ends our Father-Son Free-For-All segment. More Father-Son Fun Talk coming up. Coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums Podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums, and uh, we are so pleased, Ashton, because we have a bonus segment here for all the listeners on Episode 7. Um, it's Champs and Chums, and we're pleased to be joined on the line. And let me just say this, actually, just to, to start and to, to give the uh, great introduction that our podcast community has gotten bigger, Ashton, 
Our podcast community has gotten better and it's certainly gotten brighter because we just heard and as you heard a debut podcast has joined the community and uh, we're so pleased to be joined on the line by the co-hosts the stars of the show of a new podcast called Dishin' It and uh, they're on the line to talk about um, this great idea we want to learn a little bit more about it we want to share it with our listeners and uh, so pleased to have Mike and Regan on the on the show Uh, guys how you doing we're doing good we're doing great. Thank you very much for having us on the uh, Champs and Chums podcast. Oh, it's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. Thanks so much for giving us your time. I thought I, you know, I want, this is such a great idea and great concept. I want to make sure that we got you guys first. Like this is actually an exclusive, right? That we have the co-host and stars of Dishon. Is that right, guys? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, it's our first interview and we appreciate the opportunity to come on your podcast and talk a little bit about ours. Oh, that's me. Well, let's start there, right? Because Ashton and I, um, inquiring minds want to know, how did this all come up and and why did you guys uh, start this great podcast? Well, I think for us, you know, we heard your podcast, which was inspirational for us and just how the bond between a father and a son and just doing something together. Um, and so we we thought we would do something as well like yeah. that. There's a great value in terms of uh, stewardship uh, of, of technology and also communication as well that we thought uh, just doing a podcast, providing information to people would be great, but also just the added benefit for us as a life skill. Um, so that's why we started Dishing It, which is um, – Disney-centric podcast where Regan and I sort of review a component of Disney and also we talk about a little bit of life, fun, and friendship, and we have some special segments that hopefully entertain the uh, listeners out there. What do you think, Regan? I agree. Um, Like, when we first went to Disney, we didn't know what Disney was. We only would go there once, and then that totally changed. So we hope this podcast can make them go to Disney. Hopefully enjoy it. Well, you guys are off to a magical start. I had an opportunity to uh, hear the introduction, and I got through a little bit of... uh, of episode one it sounds like fun i, I love that intro that you do uh regan fastest your no tell the listener what what is that uh i because I, I want to make sure we uh, i got it right but you tell them to uh keep their arms in because the 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 rides are, the adventure is about to embark you you say it better than i so please tell the listeners please keep your hands arms feet and legs inside the podcast at all times because oh. your ride is about to embark that's that, what I say. Hey, Ashton, that, that, sounds, that, that sounds, like, sounds like we're at Disney right now, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, uh, our, our, my chum here, Ashton's got uh, a few questions for you. So, Ashton, fire fire away with the first question for them. So, um, when it was your first time going to Disney, um, what was your favorite what, ride? So, um... My favorite ride, personally, was Splash Mountain, and it's still my favorite ride at Disney. I can just I, can love- I actually tell you something? That was yeah. actually my least favorite ride when I went to Disney. Really? It was actually really scary. I don't, I don't like drops. Yeah. Now, Ash? Yeah, go. Uh, for- I, I was... 
I was like crying. I was oh. really scared to go on that. Now, on the podcast, uh, on episode one of Addition uh, It, we actually talk a little bit about Splash Mountain and if it's scary or not. And so if you have an opportunity maybe later, is have a listen to that because we do address whether some of the uh, rides are scary or not. Yeah, but Splash Mountain is the ride that made me love all scary-ish rides that have a big drop and stuff like that. But I like the drop part of it because you get wet and it's usually hot at Disney so then it's kind of refreshing and I love that you're going into a thorn pit at well, the bottom of Well um after that ride I was actually shaking <laughs> oh. <laughs> I guess it's mom and dad were as well too but thanks for sharing that personal story Ashton. Uh, you got a, a, a couple more questions here for our friends of the show. New co-hosts of uh, Dishing It uh, Ashton, take it away with another question. How many times have you been there? So, uh, Regan has counted for us, and uh, we've been there six times to Walt Disney World, and we've uh, been on a few cruises as well with Disney Cruise Line. That That's amazing. It was like, was it Russia and Alaska, right, Holes? You guys have uh, taken the Disney adventure too? Yeah, so with Disney Cruise Line, we've seen everywhere. From, we've been to St. Petersburg, Russia, all the way to Juneau and Alaska and down south as well and uh, all through Northern Europe. Uh, Disney Cruise Line has been fantastic to see snapshots of the world, and uh, we really enjoyed cruising with them. I know it's tough times cruising right now, but Disney's always been fantastic. It's, yeah, it's it's uh, it's an amazing thing. As you guys know, we experienced it for the first time. And I must tell you, uh, listeners of the show, if you ever want great advice, uh, these are the two. I mean, I remember when um, we were uh, considering going to Disney last August, which we did, Ashton. As you might uh, not have remembered because you were sleeping, I was texting back and forth with um, Uncle Mike and uh, Aunt Tanya was in the conversation too. And then... Uh, it led to just having a phone call. It was like it was like twenty four seven service with your your customer service uh, uh, response. I'm I'm so appreciative of that, uh, Uncle Mike. Well, you know what? I just love Disney and us as a family. Uh, we talk about it a little bit on episode one. Is our first ex- real experience with with Disney is opening up the blinds to our room, and there's a giraffe staring at us, and live giraffe looking right at us through the window, and it, you know, Disney's been magical for us and our family, a lot of great experiences, and we're happy to share our knowledge with people and just uh, what we've learned along the way so that when you or any other family goes to Disney, they can hopefully get the most out of their experience. That's right, and I, I think Ashton's got a got another question here for you. Ashton? What is the best time to go? Okay, so... So, Ashton, I would say the best time to go for Disney is to plan in the April-May time or in the September-October time. Depending on the time you go in September-October, you can take advantage of uh, Mickey's Halloween and be in the park when they're celebrating Halloween, even though it's not October 31st. Springtime is also a great time to go because the weather is still kind of cool and there's lots of things going on and the crowds aren't big yet. Both those times of the year, you can be looking at between 25 and 35% off your room rate, and you can even maybe take advantage of a, a free uh, dining plan. 
Um, in terms of times of year to go where the park is busy or not, um, we tend to stay away from um, uh, Magic Kingdom on those really busy weekends if we can when we're going for a week and try to pick out the other parks at that time. So lots of great times to go, uh, but I, I, I personally like the spring and the fall as the times to hit the parks. You're listening to Episode 7, Father-Son Fun Talk. Uh, we're on with our special guests uh, of a new podcast, Dishing It. It's Anthony and Ashton here. And guys, I just this has been really great. It's been a magical experience, as it were. And uh, just a, a few more questions. But, um, Regan, I'd like to ask you, what does it mean to you to have your, um, your dad uh, and you doing this together, this father-daughter podcast? What does it mean to you? Um... It means a lot of fun, and I really enjoy it because I learned those things from him that I didn't know, and I get to remember one of some of my memories that I might have forgotten or didn't remember. That's amazing. And uh, what about your uh, your ride passenger on the other side there? Well, we'll, we'll ask uh, your dad how he feels and uh, um, how, how important it is to do this with you. Yeah, so I think it's really important to be involved with the children, right? And uh, it's important that they have something that they enjoy. And Regan has always wanted to do a YouTube channel. Yeah. And I think this is podcast is a great way to start learning the format, uh, learning the skills that are needed, so that maybe one day if the opportunity is there and the maturity is there, that we can graduate to something like that. So uh, great father-daughter time. Um, and but it's also great uh, education for both of us in terms of technology and uh, communication. So great value for us as a family to do this, and we're spending quality time together. Oh, that's amazing! So great to hear uh, quality time here spent with you guys. Now, where can uh, the listeners here, if they want to tune into you, or if they want to uh, uh, learn a little bit more on your social platforms, tell them where they can go. Sure, of course. So right now we're uh, on t- both Twitter and Facebook. So on Twitter, you can find us at Itdition and on Facebook at Dishin It Podcast. We're also, uh, right now we're on uh, iTunes, we're on Spotify, and we're on Google Play. So you listeners can look at uh, Dishin It, the Daughter Daddy Podcast, and they can look us up and they can uh, subscribe and they can listen to our introduction and hopefully they find value and go on to episode one. Our goal is to provide an episode every three to four weeks where we target a specific component of Disney, talk about life, and we have some uh, really special segments as well. We have uh, Walt's Wisdom, we have Top Three, um, we also have uh, train mail train mail so the listeners can send us a, an email it comes by train and we're happy to answer it for them and we also have um, uh, the extra magic minute and where we reward listeners who listen to the end of the podcast oh that's amazing guys well listen thank you so much for uh, coming on the show uh, so uh, this is amazing for us because we've had you guys on the show first this is an exclusive Ashton for champs and chums, but um, great job on it. So again, for the listeners, it's uh, uh, at it edition or uh, at dishin it on on Facebook as well too. So that's Twitter, Facebook, and of course on on all the uh, 
uh, podcast platform. So uh, great job, guys, and thanks very much. Thank you very much for having us. We really uh, appreciate being on the Champs and Chums podcast. Oh, anytime. Friends of the show, uh, that's Mike and Regan, co-hosts of uh, Dishing It, and you're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Father, son, fun talk. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. And uh, Ashton, it's been a great show thus far. We've we've learned a lot, haven't we? Mm-hmm. So now it's time for our segment. It's our all-pro go segment. It's a did-you-know sports spotlight. And Ashton is going to take the listeners uh, of the program through a special sport. And Ashton, what is the sport we're going to take our listeners through Amateur wrestling. Amazing. Amateur wrestling, all pro go. Take it away. Amateur wrestling is the most wild, wa- widespread from form, form of sport, sport wrestling. There are two international res- wrestling styles performed in Olympic Games. Freestyle and Greco-Roman. You got it over here both styles are under the supervision of united world wrestling uww formerly known as fila from i mean fila from the french acronym yeah acronym for the international federation as associated with wrestling styles a similar style commonly called what is that it's common commonly uh, called uh, similar style commonly called collegiate collegiate also known as scholastic or f- folk style is practiced in, in college and universities Secondary schools, middle schools, and among younger age groups in the United States. Where where the style is not specified at this article refers to the international styles of competing. Yep. On a mat. In February 2013, the International Olympic ICO. Yeah, the International Olympic Committee. IOC, I mean. IOC, for short, you got it. Voted to remove the sport from the 2020 Summer Olympic Awards on September 2013. The The IOC announced that wrestling would return to the Summer Olympics in 2020. Well, how ironic is that one? Uh, you're, you're listening to the All Pro Go Episode 7. Ashton's talking about amateur wrestling. Unfortunately, uh, the Olympics got canceled because of the virus. And so we know here and learned here that in amateur wrestling, it was removed by the IOC in February 2013 and then only to be announced that it would return in September uh, 2013. In February, they uh, renounced it. And then in the 8th, they brought it back, uh, uh, September 8, 2013. So uh, keep going, Ashton. All pro go. The rapid rise in popularity. 
The rapid rise in the popularity of the combat sport mixed martial arts, MMA, Brock Lesnar. Martial arts, MMA has increased interest in, in amateur wrestling due to its effectiveness, effectiveness yep. in sports in in sport in the sport and it's it is considered a core dis- 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 discipline you got it okay son great Sorry. job and so just to close off on uh, amateur wrestling there's uh, different styles there's the freestyle there's the greco-roman style and uh, th- there's p- a point system, Ashton, of course, for amateur wrestling. You would gain a point for a takedown, a reverse, a reversal, what they call uh, in, in wrestling, um, uh, wrestling wording, exposure. And then there's penalties as well, too. But that is amateur wrestling. That is our all-pro goal. And you're listening to Episode 7 of the Champs and Chums Podcast. Father-son fun talk. It's episode seven of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it is now time for our signature segment. It's the Champs and Chums segment. It's our tribute to stars on and off the field. So now we're seven episodes deep in this wonderful father-son fun talk show. And for the listeners at home that are listening to us for the first time, what we do is Ashton's going to name his champ. So kind of a sporting legend. And then he's going to name his chum. And then I'm going to name my champ and chum. But we'll start with our champs first. So Ashton, who's your champ on episode 7 of the Champs and Chums podcast? My champ is Kyle Lowry. What a great selection, Kyle Lowry. Now, why is Kyle Lowry your champ of episode 7? Um, I mean, in 2019, he he worked really hard to get that um championship and uh i think he's playing even better than 2019 um in this season but unfortunately you got shut the nba got shut down so we can't see Kyle. Lowry yeah first. but i mean you know he he's quite the warrior i mean he's got this uh, stride and a step he's uh he plays with passion i can see why he's your uh your your champ of uh, episode seven Kyle Lowry, he's only six feet too, Ashton. He's a smaller player. So how does that look like on the court when you got a smaller player playing up against these bigger guys? I mean, it might be hard for him, but he he keeps doing it over and over again till he makes a bucket. No, you're right. We talk about will and commitment and drive. That guy, Kyle Lowry, he's the unofficial captain of the Toronto Raptors. Uh, he's got 19.7 points on the season thus far. You're right, Ashton. It's a delayed season. Um, and he's kind of that captain, right? Um, so he's your champ for Episode 7. Ashton's champ is Kyle Lowry. Okay, now it's time for Dad's uh, champ. And, um, you know, in this um, time and period where, uh, you know, where everybody's been self-isolating and physical distancing, and sports has sort of come to a halt, I've been watching more classic games and um, classic games in hockey. And I got to tell you, that inspired me to select for my champ of episode seven is the legend, a Toronto Maple Leaf captain, Doug Gilmore. 
Ashton, you might not remember Doug Gilmore, but um, in 1992, there was a major trade between the Calgary Flames and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Trader Cliff, Cliff Fletcher, um, acquired Doug Gilmore from the Calgary Flames, and at that point, the Leafs weren't a great team. Uh, in fact, they were, they, weren't, they were a terrible team. But what Doug Gilmore did to bring belief, hope, confidence, and inspiration to the Toronto Maple Leafs that year and I'm much reminded of 93. I would have been in university then. And I remember that uh, famous uh, run that the Toronto Maple Leafs made in 93. So they upset the then the, the uh, top team, the Detroit Red Wings. They went on to the conference final and unfortunately lost um, in the uh, Game 7 against the LA Kings. Quick story, actually. I watched Game 7 in the Sky Dome with a whole bunch of family. We were, went down there to watch Game 7, the Leafs and, and the Kings. But getting back to Gilmore, what I'm always amazed by him is that he had a legendary career, of course. I mean, he played uh, over 1,400 games. He had 450 goals and 90, 964 assists for f almost 1,500 points. But his heart and his commitment uh, was, it was unbelievable. Like, I mean... He was basically 170 pounds soaking wet. He was five foot ten, and he had the heart of a lion. And he put everybody on his back during those runs when the lease made in '93 and '94. And for that, Doug Gilmore, um, from originally from Kingston, Ontario, you are my champ for episode seven. Okay, Ashton. Now it's time for your chum. Who's your chum on episode seven? My cousin Luke. Oh, what a great selection, your cousin Luke. Now, why is Luke your chum of Episode 7? Well, um, because I've went to Blue Jays games with him. I've, um, I've went to his birthday party. I've, he's, he's been to my birthday party. Um, and you know, I, I actually just like him as my chum. That's right, and what a great person it is to like. And why do you like Luke? And why do you love Luke? He's your cousin, and he's your chum, right? And why do you why do you why do you like and love Luke? Because uh, he, um, whenever I come over, he's so excited to see me, and um, Ben Ben too. He's so excited. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, a special shout out to uh, Luke and Ben. And Luke is, you are Ashton's episode seven, and you guys have a uh, great bond. It's family, and uh, it's great to have all that togetherness. And uh, it's kind of like he's your bro. You know what I'm saying? He's your bro, and uh, they always say in sports. So uh, good stuff. You want to say anything to Luke? Because he might be listening on episode seven. Uh, no. <laughs> you know? A man of few words, but uh, a great tribute for your, your dear cousin Luke. All right, well, uh, it's now Dad's turn. For my chum and Ashton you know um uh this chum of mine was actually has been on episode seven it was our debut we brought uh the uh technology made it work uh to bring uh, this special guest on but my chum for episode seven is my friend Mike Mike Holsworth um as some of you uh, might listen to you to you it's pretty special when you have a friendship with 
that spans over four decades. And uh, I'm really lucky. There's a person who I met in kindergarten. Can you believe it, Ashton? I'm f well, how old am I? You're 47. 47. I met him when I was 40. No, no. <laughs> I met him when I was four years old in kindergarten. We were all in training pants and such. And, and here we are uh, still connecting to this day. And I'm, I'm really fortunate to have uh, a great host of chums um, that are friends. But uh, a dear one is my great friend, the Holes, Mike Holesworth, right from Scarborough when we... Uh, we're just in the neighborhood together to uh, big things that we've done and we continue to do in the sporting end. Like we were just talking about it with, with Uncle Mike. Hey, Ashton, we were planning a, a trip um, to um, to see the Bisons play. Did you want to tell the listeners at home about that? Was it last year or was it? Well, we went on some things with them last year. We went to the Jays game and stuff that are sports-oriented, right? But uh, we're planning this uh, weekend if we can get back across the board to see the Bisons play. But, I mean, you know, uh, Mike and I love sports, and uh, we've had a great bond, and uh, it's so amazing that he can join us today. And for that, Michael Todd Holsworth, you are my chum of Episode 7. Good stuff. Well, Ashton, this has been a great segment. We'll be back with one more just to wrap it up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Well, Ashton, it's been a wonderful episode seven. Seven's a lucky number, you know, uh, as they say. And we were very fortunate today that our first debut broadcast in um, Studio 32 has gone really well. It's been our longest po podcast ever for great reason. We learned a lot of things today. But what are some of the biggest things that you learned here in episode seven at Champs and Chumps? I learned that... Um people are helping other people um for the coronavirus oh that's great yeah when we had our father-son uh, free for all uh, segment we were learning about the wonderful people in sports that are pulling together and helping support people during this difficult difficult time the global pandemic of the virus so it's great to hear stories of goodwill that's spread across the sports what else um canada will be good in soccer Oh, that's a great point that Canada, yes, we had our footy insiders uh, on episode seven, uh, Mike and Grayson talking about the prospects for Canada. And, you know, it, it's some great insights they had about uh, some of the young stars that are coming up and, and what um, it's going to take um, for them to qualify through CONCACAF on in their aspirations to be a championship team, right? Um, so that's really good. And I guess for me, what I learned as well, too, is that... Um, here we are, for the very first time, we tested technology, this new uh, Studio 32 setup, and it was so great that even in this time of uh, the virus and, uh, and physical distancing, that we can still all be social together, and we can still all connect with our chums, and that really means a lot to me, um, that we're able to have technology be the platform where we can bring this show to the listeners and connect with great chums as we did today. Good stuff, everybody. Well, um, Ashton, how about some thank yous on the program? Um, thank you to the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis. And thank you to my uncle, Mike Holsworth. Oh, that's very nice. We want to thank yeah, the Power Girls and, 
and Uncle Dennis, of course, Uncle Mike. The Power Girls and Uncle Dennis, a big part of this show. They produce this show, so we really appreciate all their efforts. And uh, Ashton, where can um, where can uh, listeners uh, follow us? They can follow us at Champs and Chums. That's right, at Champs and Chums. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, SoundCloud Google Play, and hopefully soon, iHeartRadio. And you can uh, tune in at, at, at Champs and Chums, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And what's our website address, Ashen? Champsandchums.com. You got it. Well, we're going to do our little imaginary signature fist bump here. That's all safe and good. And as we always say, cheers to champs, cheers to chums, and cheers to an all-star day. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.